This is WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with global soul. Coming up next, Art on the Air, with your host, Rob Hessler. On the air with your host, Rob Hessler. This is an hour long interview show dedicated to the visual arts. Each week, we feature guests in conversation about their theory, practice, and current projects, as well as the state of the visual arts. On this week's episode, we've got several members of the Savannah Art Association in the studio. We'll be delving into their 100-year history, including their corresponding Jepson Center for the Arts exhibition and their on-view residency at Sulphur Studios. Plus, we've got three field notes. We spoke with Tate Ellington at the new Worcestershire Collective space. We met with Bradley Collins at the new exhibition space at Mood Rights. And we chatted with Parker Stewart about his upcoming show at Starland Yard. So let's get started with another episode of Art on the Air. Here's your host, Rob Hessler. And this is Rob Hessler. If you're listening to the live show, it is 3 o'clock here in Savannah on WRUU. Thanks for tuning in. Got a great show lined up. As you heard in the intro, I have three field notes that I'll be playing at the end of the show. But this week, I've got, when I say several members of the Savannah Art Association, I mean four members of the Savannah Art Association are in the studio with me here today. Darla Alum. Elam. Elam. Okay, there we go. I should have asked before we went on the air. Uh, Car- <laughs> Carol Anderson, Ed Ekstrand, and Caroline Graham. Welcome, y'all. Thank you. Thanks Thank you for inviting us. So happy to have all of you in the studio here today. And this is going to be a lot of fun because, as I mentioned in that intro, it's the 100-year anniversary of the Savannah Art Association, formerly known as the Savannah Art Club. And they have an exhibition up right now over at the Jepson Center and... Two of their members are, well, I guess it's the whole Savannah Art Association, but two of their members specifically have a residency over at Sulphur Studios, and a sort of big conclusion is going to be happening this Friday as part of First Friday in Starland, so that's going to be really great uh, to talk to all four of you about everything that's going on Savannah Art Association related, and what we decided before we went on the air, we were talking about it, and What we're going to do is we're going to kind of break it down into three different parts here. I wanted to talk, since it's a 100-year anniversary, we wanted to start by talking a little bit about the history of the Savannah Art Association. From there, we would transition into what's going on in the present. And then after the break, the mid-show break, we're going to talk about what might be in store for the future of the Savannah Art Association. So let's talk about the history because, again, I will mention that the exhibition over at the Jepson Center, Launching Savannah's Art Scene, Founders of the Savannah Art Club, is going on right now. It's been 
It's actually been up uh, for a little over a month now. Now, Ed, it looks like you might have been around back in those days here, so maybe we can. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, let's talk a little the, bit. About the, the evil truth is I came in with General Sherman, so I'm, <laughs> I'm used to all of this. Uh, so let's, in all seriousness, let's talk about the history of the Savannah Art Association, because actually a couple of the people here have been members since the 70s, and I, so there's, there is a, you know, some reaching back into the past anyway, but, um, well, what's kind of unique, Rob, is uh, we are, this is our centennial, we're 100 years old, but that's 100 years of continuous operation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as far as we know, we're the oldest operating uh, art association in Georgia. I'm, I'm not sure about the rest of the country. Well, Google confirms that. Okay. So, yes, my research says that that is also okay. true. Yes, so. It was probably somebody like me who put that up there, so don't don't take it for too much gospel. But, it's but one I've heard for many years. <laughs> uh, we were formed in 1920. It was a group of painters who, uh, as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, Darla, but uh, they very soon after they formed, they, they had kind of a, a partnership with the Telfair. Yes, um, and actually at the opening lecture for um, the Savannah Art Club exhibit, um, that was the lecture by Holly Coons McCullough. She talked about how they were actually housed. I mean, their first meeting was at um, one of the members' homes, and we actually have uh, that actual note um, that page that they signed their names and their addresses. So it's really cool to have the original, or at least a copy of that original document from 1920. Right, in the basement of Mills B. Lane's home. Yes, Mills B. Lane. Uh, it was Mrs. Lane who was a prime mover of the original. A uh, little side note I just make <coughs> want to mention is I think it's kind of cool that their uh, Laney Contemporary Gallery, which is like one of the Savannah's premier galleries, is on Millsby Lane Boulevard. And I just kind of, when I saw Millsby Lane and like the connection there, I thought, kind of cool that there's an art gallery on that, yeah, on that boulevard it? these days. Isn't so. it? Uh, at any rate, uh, it continued on from there. One of the things that's that's kind of interesting about it is in the 1920s, a lot of very promising artists left Savannah, went to places where they might sell more art, and then the crash happened, and a lot of them came back to Savannah. Mm. So uh, Savannah got back a lot more talent <laughs> than, <laughs> than a lot of other people did. Uh, there are some very, very good people who I guess they're recognized as regional artists now, uh, but they all uh, they all exhibited with the Savannah Art Association at one time or another. Uh, one of the people that I'm familiar with because I did a little research is an artist by the name of Hattie Saucy. Mm -hmm. uh, she did not uh, she did not leave the area, but uh, she was painting around that time, and boy, she did good stuff. Well, and you can see some of her works in that show that's up at the Jepson Center now as mm -hmm. well. And I mean, I thought it was cool too. Like, I didn't know that Juliet Gordon Lowe was a member of the Savannah Art Association. So, I mean, you've got some great roots there. What I was kind of fascinated by too is that, you know, you're celebrating the 100 year anniversary. And in the studio today, I have three 
female artists who are members of Savannah Art Association. And it's also the 100-year anniversary of women's suffrage. And I was kind of mm-hmm. thinking how there was that interesting kind of just coincidence of timing between those two things. And I don't know, it must have been an interesting time to be forming a an art club that had a strong female membership. It yeah. did. Uh, was really, um, one of the things that struck me also is that Juliet Gordon-Lowe, that was so exciting to see her name on the list um, after having worked, you know, served as president and kind of toiled over different things to see these connections. And you mentioned Millsby Lane. Um, um, other names on that list, like Charles Ellis. I'm like, my kids, mm. like four of my five children went to Charles Ellis Elementary. And uh, my son used to go to Juliet Gordlow Elementary. Mm-hmm. So it's so neat to see, you know, their actual signature on this page and what their address was 100 years ago. These people that are, so many things are named after these founders. Right. I mean, it's like, it's, you know, I think oftentimes artists are a bit overlooked as being, you know, sort of pillars of creating a new community, creating sort of what the what today is and there's i mean like you said that there's these these um really well known you know people from the from savannah's history who are a member of the uh the savannah art association and perhaps the four of you will one day be thought of well maybe three of us <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have you have uh, three very capable uh painters and one photographer and i'm i think I think that photographer guy will probably disappear into history quickly enough. But the other three, <laughs> the other three, you have you have a chance. It well, was, it was a very different time, though. Um, for one thing, in one of the books I read, they talked about how you could probably count the number of artists by the dozens of dozens. They said, mm. but now um, the author mentioned that we could possibly be Savannah's largest voting block because <laughs> there's so many artists in Savannah. And, you know, why would there be? It's a beautiful city and it attracts artists. And and, and that's important too, Rob. Uh, Savannah has always had a very vibrant art community mm-hmm. and a very large and a very diverse one. And, uh, well, and look we, no, we still do. Yeah, and look no further than City Hall, which has the two statues upon its... Uh, up at the top, one for commerce and one for arts. I mean, so like you're in by that kind of visual evidence, you know, there's supposed to be kind of a balance between those two things as far as how this city is governed and run. So I think that that's kind of an interesting. Um, so so you are the pillars here. You're the pillars of the. Uh, of, well, of, <laughs> we're one of the pillars, maybe again, uh, one of the for, things you know, having the sense to have a design, a formal design and. Um, as opposed to my hometown that I grew up in, which is a strip of like used car lots and <laughs> you know fast food restaurants. I mean, right. that, to actually have forethought and planning a community is was amazing. Um, and you mentioned City Hall. What's interesting is right now there's an exhibit there in the rotunda of um, one of the art association founders, Christopher Murphy. I think his paintings are there right yes. now. Haven't got to see him yet, but it's on my uh, to-do list. Yeah, and also another another yeah. one of the artists that's exhibiting in the Jepson Center show as well. 
If you're just joining us, you're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. I am your host, Rob Hessler, and we have the Savannah Art Association here in the studio with us today. And with that, I want to transition a bit into the contemporary era here, and I want to talk about the four of your uh, the work that the four of you are doing. And I th- thought at this point it might be a good time to read some edited bios. You all sent me bios, but uh, if I read them all right now, we wouldn't have any time for the rest of the show. So I'm going to go ahead and just read these edited bios. So as a child whose family moved to royal rural Kentucky, Darla Hardwick Elam turned to art often to alleviate periods of boredom and social isolation. Her mother once recommended just color all sorts of crazy colors and patterns when Darla entered a drugstore coloring contest. To this day, she employs a bumper crop of color as well as a potluck of patterns in many of her works. She enjoys the challenge of creating harmony in disparate elements, delighting in the synergy and visual variety that results. Now, I want to say this. Darla actually, she wrote that and sent that to me, and I just love the language. I thought it was so beautiful. I mean, you have a really nice way with words. Now let's get to current Savannah Art Association co-president Carol Anderson is a retired Spanish, German, and English teacher and got her training from both Armstrong and through workshops provided by SAA. She is also the leader of a watercolor painting group at Ashbury Memorial, leading her to recently focus on that medium, although she also practices at collage and acrylics. Ed Ekstrand is a photographer, spending most of his career capturing both his former home of Northern Virginia and his current home of Savannah, Georgia. He is currently assembling a collection of city photos portraying the unique features of the city of Savannah. Additionally, Ekstrand does illuminated calligraphy and paints in watercolors. And finally, Caroline Graham is a painter and sculptor having connected with the Savannah Art Association in the mid-1970s. She was formerly trained at UGA, but has studied under a number of well-known and well-established Georgia artists, such as Augusta Olshig, is that right? Did I get that right? Olshig. Olshig, okay. And Myrtle Jones, as well as more recently with ceramicist John Jensen. John is actually one of my favorite people in Savannah. I love his work and his humor, and um, he's a (laughs) former guest, actually, and he's hilarious. So now I will say formally, I will welcome you, Darla, Carol, Ed, and Caroline, to Art on the Air. Now we've gotten the history out of the way. I'm so glad to have you here. So let's talk about sort of the contemporary practice of being an artist who is also a member of the Savannah Art Association. So I ask all of you to jump in on this. What does that mean? What does it mean to be a member of the Savannah Art Association? Basically, there's no division at all. Uh, The Savannah Art Association considers itself... an organization of independent artists uh, and we do things like uh, instruction but what we mainly do is exhibition what we give to our our members basically is the opportunity to exhibit and we've been very fortunate and we have several venues to uh, to give them yeah yeah, and I wanted to ask you Darla because it's uh, you know not only exhibiting but I know that you guys are doing a lot of workshops as well and you've been conducting Mm -hmm. workshops and working in collaboration with the community as part of your OnView residency over at Sulphur Studio. So talk a little bit about the workshops that you guys do. Well there are numerous and many. Sometimes they have they invite artists from out of town from out of state even Um, just this year they've had a Chinese watercolorist do a workshop um, and 
an acrylic artist from Maine came down to do a workshop. Um, and those are things that would be available, you know, for a workshop fee. But also there are a lot of kind of free things or next to nothing uh, workshops. They Sometimes they're called play shops that are available. So there's really no excuse for anybody in our group to say they can't afford to do art or they just, you know, don't have the opportunities because it's absurd. There are many, many opportunities. One of the things that I appreciate so much about the Savannah Art Association is the fact that they are so warm and welcoming to even the ones that feel they are unskilled mm. or that they kind of are a little bit shy about their work and you know and and I don't know this is such a nurturing place as well as what Darla and Ed have just been saying but I have seen it for many many years and and it's something I really respect that's true I mean it's and it's unique because you want to encourage everyone to do art because we all have creative ability mm -hmm. and to me, Savannah Art Association has been so unique because it provides people of all skill levels a chance to have their work on display um, and not have to pay, a, you know, a gallery fee that's going to just make it cost prohibitive, um, even for those that are more advanced in their skills. Right. It, that might be prohibiting them. Um, so it really has been a something that serves the members really well I think well and what I always love to say is that everybody is an artist when you're four years old <laughs> you unlearn being an artist so a lot of times you know and I know kind of in researching your group that you know people have come back to art later in life but I I am very I mean you don't you don't know do you find me a four-year-old who is not an artist right <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off there well I was just going to to talk to that a little bit because I found art at a later life, I had always wanted to be able to be something artsy, but um, because of a career and life, uh, I didn't until I concluded my all-day, everyday kind of career and found Armstrong and, uh, you know, really, really put myself into learning. And the Art Association has been very uh, uh, supportive to what I have done, and I, I felt always uh, a kind of comfort level and I th there's so much diversity they're excellent professional skilled trained artists and then there's people down down the way that just started yesterday or a few years ago so it's very diverse very welcoming and we are always welcoming new members and here's something that's important too it's not just painters it's not just mm -hmm. photographers mm -hmm. it's fabric artists it's jewelers it's sculptors it's woodworkers uh, we we do a wide range of things with just about every form of art you can imagine so it's it's not just uh, the the landscape club or something yes. like that yes right and I, I wanted to kind of just follow up with what you were just saying uh there carol is i found it really interesting too in your in reading your bio is that part of your training was taking workshops and classes with the savannah art association so like you're a member but you're also like you're being taught by other members exactly there there are numerous opportunities to take little or a bit more long term workshops or 
just by networking, you know, you find out about things and say, well, I could go do that. And it doesn't matter what the workshop, whether it's a half a day or two or three days or longer, whatever it is, you're going to learn something. So I, I think that is just really fun. I want to talk, I want to ask about something that was, Darla, in your description of the OnView residency, and that is with uh, Sarah Burnsot, you mentioned So it says, celebrating 100 years of promoting arts appreciation through exhibits, demonstrations, workshops, play shops, Mm -hmm. as well as income and producing opportunities for independent artists. Describe play shops for me, because I liked that term. Um, Caroline, you might By be able way, to help thank me you. with that. that. I came up with that. Okay, 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 cool. Yes, One time, credit where credit is due. back when I was president in uh, 2008, and um, we were, you know, everybody, oh, yes, let's get this workshop. Listen. I said, workshop, that sounds really tedious. (laughs) Let's call it a play shop, you know? So that's where, you know, and these are the lighthearted ones. I recently went to one, in fact, that Ed um, led, which was about calligraphy. And, oh, he does beautiful calligraphy, illuminated calligraphy. And even though I had had calligraphy many years ago, and it was great to hone my skills. And I'm thinking right now, in fact, you know, I, I may get back to doing some of that calligraphy, you know. I'd love to see it if you do. There you go. Well, I mean, I love that kind of spirit of so one of the things, of course, is that art can be competitive. I think people will find, you know, competing with each other. But like I'm seeing the four of you sitting here and there isn't it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you push each other to be better artists, but it definitely there's a spirit of camaraderie. And I and I think that that's especially Savannah, which is, in my view, a growing art community rather than one that is very well established as of now. And it really has the opportunity to take on the personality of who is here now rather than, you know, like a bigger city like New York or Chicago or L.A., which already has its personality and artists that come in sort of become that personality rather than really making you know, unless you're incredibly dynamic, you're probably not going to make a huge change in the way things are done there. But here in Savannah, you know, I think there is that opportunity. And actually, it's kind of interesting talking about creating the personality of what Savannah art is now when I'm sitting across from people who are members of an organization that's been around for 100 years. But I mean, I still you, you kind of get what I'm saying right there, right? Oh, absolutely. I think Savannah's art community is established, but I also think that it's evolving rapidly and Mm -hmm. in any number of different directions. Uh, As far as competition among members, I really don't see that at all. If, If you pay attention to your art, you do what you do. It doesn't really matter what other people Mm -hmm. do. I think it's more inspiration than competition. I would we, I would agree with that. Uh, we're inspired by each other's work and it, or by the workshops or play shops getting inspiration and then you might want to incorporate that in your work or at least appreciate it more in someone else's work. I'm kind of curious too is how do you sort of choose to do a new workshop? Is it like maybe somebody in your group is interested in something? I mean, you know, you're talking about Ed and his calligraphy work. I mean, I actually think that would be a pretty cool workshop personally. Um, I know that Caroline, you've 
taken on ceramics and that was something which you weren't really doing before but you went to school to get your certification to 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 make it legal or i forget how you described it exactly yes, yeah. i called it legitimate legitimate okay to call <laughs> yes. it to make it legitimate yes. and so you just kind of started picking up ceramics so i'm kind of curious how do you decide like well we're going to pursue this or you know is it is it members based is it community based how does that all work out Basically, if you have enough passion for something, if you throw enough weight towards that passion, then people are going to follow along. For example, I've, I actually have been out of the organization. I was president back in like 2009, 2010, had a child that was a special need, ended up being a special needs child. And so I've kind of been out of the art community for a while but dropped back in. And during that time, it was neat to see uh, Carol had brought to the association the Ice Cat Project, which she can talk about later. Sarah Burnsot had continued to run the gallery, and I guess Martha before her. It's just whatever you have an idea for. Like, back in my time as president, we approached the airport and asked if we could have a gallery, and they mm. gave it to us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. like, whoever has an idea and pursues it, there's a lot of the other members can get behind it if they see that you're going to go for this just like with this sulfur residency which probably sounded crazy at the time but i didn't let it go <laughs> well, i give you a ton of credit because i think you know keeping something going for a hundred years is so hard i mean like five years i mean think about like how many how many things have come and gone i mean all i think most of us have had enough time in savannah now to have seen things come be very successful and then kind of dissipate and 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 at the time you think oh this is gonna last forever and then it's like you know it's comes and goes and to last for that long passing the torch from person to person that's like that's so impossibly difficult to me like to even conceive of general sherman said the same thing yeah. <laughs> uh, but i must give credit right now to jim cherbis one of our longtime members and since i've been around since 1970 I can say that, you know. <laughs> so, but Jim, there was a time, I think it was in the 80s, the, of just that spark wasn't, you know, within the uh, uh, the formation of it all. The people mm -hmm. were there and all, but anyway, it was it was a time when Jim really kept the group going. And we all, all of us now, we, we, um, when he comes in the room, we practically clap, you know. With he's ninety five years so old, thrilled. and he's <laughs> still he's oh, and he's and, still amazing, you know. And he still produces yes. art for the airport shows that we do, and for he's at the gallery shows. too. Mm -hmm. He ran, he ran the association in those years basically from the trunk of his car, so it was down to that, and yet we have rebounded. Right, yes. so it would be, uh, it would not be accurate to think of us as a continually thriving organization. Right. I just interviewed Jim on Friday. It'll later be posted to StoryCorps, but he basically talked about an association that when he joined he had previously worked at Hunter mm -hmm. yeah. and running like an arts and crafts program, which mm -hmm. they got rid of. Mm. Right. But he had retired and he had the energy and time to devote to the association. And he just <laughs> talked about the periods of fluctuation where artists, I guess, stereotypically not good handlers of money, mm. lose their money, have to go to another gallery. Anyway, 
if you look back at their history, it's like the nomadic group <laughs> trying to constantly find a place to display. But I think we've come up with a lot of creative solutions. You mentioned a while back uh, John Jensen. Mm-hmm. John has done a wonderful uh, bust of Jim. Ask him about it sometimes. I wonder if I might have seen that actually. I mean, I, I, I'm a f- big, I'm a fan of John's work, and so, um, yeah. and he's such a character. That's one of the images that pops up if you Google right. Jim Turbis is that bust, and I wondered. Well, very cool. Look, we're just about at the halfway point of the show, so I think what we're going to do is got 30 seconds, so I, rather than ask another question, I think what we'll do is we'll play our mid-show announcements here, and when we come back, we're going to transition here to talking a little bit about what might lie in the future of the Savannah Art Association. Again, you're listening to Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler, on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. We will be right back. Art on the Air is brought to you by Starlandia Supply, located in the heart of the Starland District of Savannah at 2438 Bull Street. Starlandia Supply works to make art making more accessible to everyone by lowering the price of supplies through reclamation and trading. Starlandia helps customers recycle gently used art supplies and materials and also carries a fine selection of new materials including Windsor Newton, Liquitex, Faber-Castle, Montana spray paints, and Copics. Moreover, Starlandia Supply is the only locally owned art store in Savannah. They're open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday from noon to 6 p.m. More information can be found on Facebook by searching Starlandia Supply or at StarlandiaSupply.com. Shop local. Shop Starlandia Supply. WRUU 107.5 FM is a new and different listener-supported and all-volunteer community radio station for Savannah. Our diverse broadcast and web programming is supported by generous listeners who value our passion and our spunk. We're independent of other media and receive no government or large corporate support. People like you are the largest and most important source of our funding. So go to WRUU.org to find out how you can make a one-time or monthly contribution. Thank you. All right, we are back in the studio. And before we get back into our conversation here with the Savannah Art Association members, I wanted to mention that next week on March 11th, I'm going to have Susie Hokinson in the studio to talk about her work. She's actually the next On View resident after the Savannah Art Association over at Sulphur Studios. And then on March 18th, I'm very excited to finally have Jennifer Moss the owner of and founder of Sulphur Studios, she's coming in to chat about her exhibition at, over at the Cultural Arts Center, which actually opens this Friday night. And on the 25th, I'm really excited to let you all know that I'm going to be bringing both Laney Contemporary Director Susan Laney and the next artist showing at the gallery, Benjamin Jones, into the studio. So that's going to be I'm really excited about that. And I'm also going to be having a, um, a field note on one of those upcoming episodes with Kench Lot Weathers, who is the newest artist in the drive through art box over at Green Truck Pub. So he is installing his work. I believe it's this weekend, so it's coming up soon. And, and so we're going to get all the details. I've been really interested in what he's been doing and been kind of following what he's been working on. So we'll hear from him in the next few weeks. I'm not sure which one of these episodes, but... 
We'll talk to him in the next few weeks. And I just, before we uh, transition back into the studio here, again, we're going to finish our show with three field notes. So stay tuned for that. I uh, got to speak with Tate Ellington about the Washed Ashore, Co- Ashore Collective, Bradley Collins exhibition work order over at Mood Rights, and Parker Stewart's photography exhibition, Love Thy Neighborhood over at Starland Yard. But let's get back into our chat here with the Savannah Art Association. Again, I've got Darla Elam, Carol Anderson, Ed Ekstrand, and Caroline Graham in the studio here with me. And we've talked about the past and we've talked about the present. And I want to talk about the future because, you know, there's, you, as you mentioned, you're always looking to add new members and there's, you know, there there's ebb and flow, but you're at your 100 year anniversary. So there's probably a lot of time for reflection on, on what's been going on and what where you can go. So what's next for the Savannah Art Association in the next hundred years? I've done a lot of reflecting actually because I think in a way where it feels like we can kind of be the victim of our own success because if you go back in the history and you see how many things happened as a result of those early artists that were movers and shakers in the community that got so much going, uh, one of which was like Lila Cabana, Cabanas that got art in the public schools. Um, they started this art fair that, I mean, it's just so many things that have trickled into all different parts of the community and have created a place where artists would want to live. I feel like now it's because there are many venues where somebody can go to take art classes that I've really had to reflect on what is unique about our organization and you know do we want to keep doing the same thing Um, the thing that has come to my mind and I'm not sure how you guys feel about it I really would like to see our artists take more of a mentoring role with maybe troubled youth or just anybody Mm -hmm. that just wanted to learn I and I I would love if that was kind of a Maybe a condition of membership um, that you that you mentor somebody else. Part of our mission statement, or uh, is that we are involved with education. So in some way, that has always been part, I think, of of the mm-hmm. association. Whether it's teaching other artists or broader scope to children, or any, any level of people. I think that a lot of a lot of the members are really, really interested in doing that. And there have been things all along in my short time in the association that have voiced that. So I know we'll continu- continue with that. That's a great thing to do as we move forward. I'm kind of curious, like, what is the composition of your organization? I mean, you know, I, I you know, the four of you, and I think it makes a lot of sense to have longtime members and, and people who've been around in the association. But I, you know, coming from being members in the 70s and stuff like that, you're looking, of course, for members who are new in 2020. I mean, that's what you're looking for are these people who maybe in 50 years, 40, 50 years are on some three dimensional projection screen uh, radio program that they're talking about the 150 year anniversary and they you know came on in the 2020s and so I'm curious like what is your composition and like you know what are your thoughts about bringing in I mean obviously you want to bring in young people and new people we've had some initiatives to do just that many of the young people in Savannah uh, are going to college now they have lots of exhibition opportunities through college lots of education opportunities Mm -hmm. through college 
and we we still we still want to look at their stuff we still want to exhibit their stuff and and i i think we Membership is half price for those folks, yes, right? Yes, it is. It's, yes, it's it very, is. very reasonable for students mm-hmm. and young people. And we do have young people in the organization. Many of us who seem to hold the reins for leadership are not tied down to a 24-7 job. Sure, right. Yeah. And so that, that seems to fall to us. We're, we have more time. We are able but we are always interested to to have younger people come and join us at whatever level, whatever amount of time they can spend, and they will they will not be alone. There are others that are there. One of the things that stimulated was stimulated in me by your question, Rob, is there's an awful lot of people out there in organizations, and that organization wants to run the run the show, you know. And um, I have run into any number of people who gave the impression that they represented the Savannah art community. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sure that's doable. We don't even deal with stuff like that. Right, okay? right, right, right. Uh, what we want to do is we want to exhibit uh, art in various different forms, uh, various different styles, um, we're not looking <coughs> to become, you know, the Monster Art Corporation of America or something <laughs> like that. Sav, um, Sav Art Corp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, we're quite comfortable, uh, or I'm quite comfortable, I won't speak for anyone else, if the Savannah Art Association is still here in 3020. <laughs> or whatever the next break is, I guess mm-hmm. 2,120. There are educational opportunities for younger people. I think for years they did activities in the mall, even. Mm. Um, and <laughs> I get times past, like I remember we did a Mother's Day art show where we invited right. mothers or grandmothers to collaborate with their grandchildren or children on the piece but I feel like we have the weak spot is that we haven't um, aggressively sought out younger members just from the (laughs) the fact that you know we used to have shows on River Street regularly which would involve you know lugging screens down there and it's not for people (laughs) that don't have a lot of stamina (laughs) and just from that physical fact alone, we need younger members that have the energy and the strength to, uh, you know, do those screens because it's a missed opportunity. If somebody, some young person out there wants a place, a venue to display your art, we have the screens available <laughs> and we can help you get set up. And, um, you know, it's an well, and I think one of the things, you know, you're talking about this art, this outreach to, I, I think. Having the space at Sulphur Studios as part of the OnView residency is a great connecting point between uh, a well-established, long-term organization such as yourself and, you know, Sulphur did just celebrate five years. But like I said, 
the five year mark isn't the I mean, and that is actually impressive, too. And what they've done, I mm-hmm. I do not speak. I mean, they are amazing. I love Sulphur Studios and everything they, they've done. But it's a far cry going from five years to 100 years. That's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those are, that's leaps and bounds. And so I think it's kind of interesting because, you know, if you go to a, an opening reception at Sulphur Studios on a, on a first Friday, it is a very young crowd that's there. And I love I personally I just love the connection between an organization that's 100 years old and a really kind of up and coming, vibrant mm-hmm. organization that's in the Starland District and those two coming together. Like, that's what I would like to see a lot more in the arts in Savannah is just, um, well, as as Ed said, it's not nobody is the is the one. It's we're all together and working together. And there is nobody represents the savannah art community we all represent the savannah art community collectively and so i think that's um i think it's a really great opportunity for people to see what you're doing in a space maybe you know where they're used to going to and you might be getting a lot of new viewers i think from in that on view residency space so the final reception or presentation now talk let's talk really briefly we we're running short on time but talk really briefly about what is going to be happening as part of first friday in your residency there we will unveil a finished timeline that's not going to happen, actually. <laughs> I realize how <laughs> woefully behind I am. But we will have pictures and events kind of mapped out as much as we can of our history from 1920 to the present day. Um, we've invited our members to come and uh, share their photos, share their stories and memories. Um, we want to interview as many members as we can and upload those interviews to StoryCorps as well. We're going to celebrate a birthday. We're going to have a colossal birthday cake that would Ooh. be fitting for a centenarian. Um, cake we, is, we is always a good motivator. We may have fancy birthday hats, so I'm just saying you should come. <laughs> uh, First Friday is always a lot of fun, and I think this is just such a great one. So anyway, we are going to move to our final segment here, Three Big Questions. And now it's time for Three Big Questions with your host, Rob Hessler. This is a little bit more of lighthearted questions, and I'm going to throw these out to all of you. I've got three big questions. Who is the funniest member of the Savannah Art Association? Ed. You Ed mean Ed intentionally. Ed yes. <laughs> Ed Ekstrand is the funniest member. Well, he is I pretty totally funny. Agree. Yes. I will agree. I will agree. Yes. I feel like I've known Ed for some time somehow, even though I've just met him for the first time today. That's, that's exactly right. Radio is a strange medium, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a that's a great answer. So okay, here's this here's a second one. If the Savannah Art Association were an animal, what would it be and why? Oh, my. And you have, there's four of you here, so it could, you could have different opinions, too, of course. You know, that, that old story, I think it was about an elephant where several blind people were... Yeah, uh, something yeah. about an elephant. So would that work? Yeah. It would be an elephant. Lots of different parts, lots of diversity, lots of creativity... Lots of affection, lots of strength. Oh. Uh, well, and in uh, my mind, I was seeing this huge, wonderful dragon. Ooh, I it's like it. It's just really long-tailed, <laughs> and it's a tiny tail at the end that's the beginning, and then it waves and goes back and forth with the undulating of the 
population of it. And I mean, of course, come it has on. Have That's scales. A <laughs> See, I, I, I'm 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 the um, sculptor in the group, so it has, it has lots of scales. It's a friendly dragon. You, oh yes, yes. It has a great smile. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so, answer, and I also love that it's fantastical. You yes, know what I mean? Yes, it's not. Yes, yes. Well, maybe it was <laughs> a real creature at some time. All right, so I've got one more question here to finish this off. And if you could bring back one past member, alive or dead, to lead a workshop, who would it be? Oh, oh God. Ooh, 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 pick one, quick. <laughs> Isla Shola. I miss her so much. And she actually was one of the people that motivated me to want to, to do the history because I know so many members have devoted a lot of their time and their energy. And... Um, she was somebody, I guess, that never, I don't, she had married, but she was widowed, and she didn't have children, and her mother had passed away a few years before I stopped um, being president, and I just would want to think that she will be remembered for, she was one of the main people behind um, the life drawing classes, the free life drawing classes that were made available at Armstrong and Savannah State. And she was wonderful, did paper murals, worked as a mural artist in Thailand for 40 years mm. before coming to Savannah, and I would love to have her back. And can you say her name again one more time? Isla Shola. Isla Shola. Well, that was a, I mean, that's beautifully said. I mean, I can't, can't do better than that. That is all the time that we have for this interview here with the Savannah Art Association. I want to thank all four of you here, Darla Elam, Carol Anderson, Ed Ekstrand, and Caroline Graham for coming on here today. Again, I want to mention the OnView residency over at Sulphur Studios sort of comes to a head as part of First Friday in Starland. That's at 2301 Bull Street from 6 to 9 p.m. You can kind of stop by. Are you guys doing anything on Saturday as well? A lot of times there's a little Saturday thing. Maybe you yes, can stop by and um, see it. Finishing up the collage. Finishing um, up the, the uh, yes, so the, the collaborative community work, collage. So. Right. So and that's 11 to 3. 11 to 3 on Saturday as well. Mm-hmm. So you can stop by and see that. Thank you all for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you so much. So we're going to finish our show with these three field notes I mentioned. Tate Ellington from Washtashore Collective. Bradley Collins talking about his exhibition Work Order at Mood Rights. And Parker Stewart and his exhibition Love Thy Neighborhood at Starland Yard. I want to mention one more time, Susie Hokinson is next week. Thanks again to Savannah Art Association. We will talk to you again soon. Rob Hessler and Lincoln Eddy here with Art on the Air Field Notes. Lincoln is my three-month-old baby. He probably won't be asking a lot of questions, but we are here with Tate Ellington at her new space. Tell us what we've got going on here, Tate. So we are at Wash to Shore Collective. We are located at 1207 US 80 Suite F. We're part of the shops of 1207. So we're just a collection of local business and artists from Savannah and Tybee. And we have an array of different things. We have an array of fine art, original paintings, jewelry, leather goods, honey, ceramics. I mean, anything that you can think of, but it's just made here. Clothing, dresses, shirts, which is pretty awesome. You think, you know, Tybee, you usually see a lot of the tourists, you know, stuff. But here, it's kind of a good collection of something both locals and visitors will like. It's super fun in here. I mean, it's a small space, but I mean, there's definitely room to move around and you've got a lot of, there's a ton of artists here, including some that some of our listeners might know. So talk about some of the artists that are featured in the new collective. 
Yeah, we have some really great creative colleagues from in Savannah and Tybee. We have Tamara Garvey, and she's actually working on our store sign, which is a recycled surfboard. So I cannot wait to see what she comes up with. We have Heather Young. We have Tiffany O'Brien, Deb Palmer. We're going to have Trey Kane from Blue Haven Gallery. Oh, Allison Hall, who also painted our counter. And and maybe some works by Tate Ellington as well. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> There's room. I'm, I'm trying to get everyone up first. But, yeah, it's going to be great. You know, it's just good to see, like, wow, you know, instead of going to, like, you know, like a big, you know, department store, it's like you can get these incredibly made goods here for, you know, a decent price. And they're just you know, made with love. Well, it's so fun too. Like, I mean, you, so, you know, you're going through the list of artists who are here and you mentioned Tiffany O'Brien. I'm like, oh wait, I didn't see Tiffany's. Yeah. And then I look over and I see her work and I love Tiffany's work and we've had her on the yeah. show before. And, and it's kind of cool because it's like, you can just like within the space, look around and find hidden gems. Exactly. That's what I feel like with her name. Like we're thinking like, like little treasures that like washed ashore, you know, washed ashore to Tyvee. <laughs> That's very cool. Well, look, so if people want to come and check out this space, like what are your hours? Give us kind of some details about what's the best way for people to come and see the space. So we'll be having a soft opening probably Wednesday or Thursday this week. And then we have our grand opening ribbon cutting and block party on Saturday, March 7th from 10 to 4. It's going to be like a great collection of artists inside our shop as well as outside setting up booths. We're going to have some from Sulphur Studios too, which is really awesome. And local eats and some music. We're going to have a mermaid out here what? with the kids. Yeah, she's called the Flamingo Mermaid, but she's like our official mermaid now of the shop. So we're going to have a fun celebration. But after that, our hours are typically we're open every day except Tuesday and we're open from 10 to 6. Awesome. Well, Lincoln, do you have any questions? He just is excited about everything that's going oh, on yeah. in here. <laughs> Tate Ellington, the space is washed ashore here at 1207 East 80. And you can tell by the nice big green awning and the soon to be here surfboard sign done by Tamara Garvey. Thank you so much for being on Art on the Air today. Thank you so much, Rob. Rob Hessler here, Art on the Air Field Notes. I'm with Bradley Collins, and we are at the space behind Mood Rights. It's part of Mood Rights at 2424 Abercorn Street, and we're going to be talking about work order. Bradley, why don't you tell us what the exhibition is all about? Work order, it's a like a one-year milestone of the work. Everything is written out very meticulously so everything I wanted everything from the beginning to this date to be shown like I'd started using dice and making rules for everything so well and when you say making rules it's very strict there are literally work orders hanging on the walls I started as like the boss I tried to look at the simplest form of just drawing straight lines by hand uh, not using tape or anything and it was really just trying to draw a straight line and then it built from there. I wanted to make a painting by everything I could think of. Any decision that I would come up with would have a rule. Do I do this or not? And then from there it would be like, do I, how big would it be? Is it this size or this size? Or which direction does it go? And so I was kind of building this structure as like a boss figure. And then as I, once I got that to where I 
where I felt like everything had a rule, I just set that into uh, motion of working those through. So, right, becoming the laborer, yeah. which is the other aspect of your yeah. work. Here. Yeah. So the boss is writing the rules and the work order, mm-hmm. and the laborer is the paintings. You know, what's kind of interesting is that the work order is easier and takes a lot less time, yeah. in a way. Which I kind of think is a, sort of a funny statement on that general relationship between boss and laborer. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, there's one it's not up yet, but it, it's, uh, everything is no. So, like, I've, I sat down with, with a freshly prepped canvas and uh, flipped the coin four times and each one was no, so the painting was blank. Because it all starts with CMYK and the first question is always just, do I use this? And through the process, I've, I've tried a couple different things and I wanted you to be able to see, like from the beginning, it was very simple, just like sit down, draw lines in silence, to making these paintings and then to trying some new things, maybe drips, but always having like rolling dice to see how many drips or uh, how much medium to paint ratio. And then from there kind of looking and being like, sometimes it deviates too far. So trying new things, trying to like expand the practice while staying in a set of rules. So it's kind of changed, but that's what I like about setting it up and showing everything is by the end, I mean, these last two, I was like, I want to go back to the beginning. So I, it's all kind of come full circle. For those who would like to see the exhibition, give us all the details. So it's in the backspace at Mood Rights. It's 2424 Abercorn Street, and the reception's March 6th from 7 to 10, and there will be an artist talk March 7th at 2 p.m. in the same space. Bradley Collins, the show is Work Order. Thank you so much for talking with me for Art on the Air Field Notes today. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Rob Hester here with Art on the Air Field Notes. I'm with Parker Stewart, and we are here to talk about his exhibition that is coming up at Starland Yard. Parker, why don't you tell us what the show is all about? Yeah, no, thanks for uh, coming over to the studio. We've got a show coming up this Friday uh, titled Love Thy Neighborhood, and it's photographs I've been making in the neighborhood in the Starland area for the past eight years. I moved here in 2011, and since then I've lived in the same five block radius right here in the neighborhood. And so it evolved over just me walking around, seeing things, and slowly record, like observing and recording my surroundings. But I'd say it's a little more, it's a little more focused on the, the nuances of the neighborhood rather than purely just documenting what's here now. And the body of work started as a project called Slowly Over Time, where I was living here, walking down the street, I'd see something that I liked, and I'd be like, I'm going to make a photograph of that. And I either went and made it that day, or later that week, or years later. There's just like moments mm-hmm. that I'd walk by, and I'd be like, this is something I need to photograph. You're talking about a five-block radius. You're in the Starland Design District, and this area is completely transformed than it was oh, yeah. eight years ago. So, I mean, talk a little bit about that on a personal level. Yeah, I mean, it's been an amazing thing to witness. You know, it's for the first six years here, you know, you were looking around, you'd see all these amazing spaces that were like, had so much potential. And every year it seemed like, all right, next year, this is when something's gonna happen. The next year, this is when it's all gonna happen. And so it was like basically 
we were all thinking the same thing up until about 2016, and that's when things really started to click. And so as these things slowly started to progress, there was always such positive light to it. Everybody was so excited and wanted to support you know, these, these changes and, and, these, and these developments happening. The work definitely looks at that. You know, there's some photographs of like, you know, the auto shop that was on the corner of 37th and Bull before mm -hmm. Big Bon Bodega was there and some unique places like that. So in the work, you'll see kind of those layers of time, which is something that I've always been interested in documenting. But I think what's cool about the work now is that I think it's re it definitely has, you know, looking back at this work in five years, 10 years, it will be, you know, I think it'll be a nice record of like this very specific moment in time for this neighborhood. So the reception is going to be this Friday, March 6th, as you mentioned, over at Starland Yard. If people want to see it, kind of give us all the details. Like what can people expect at the exhibition? Yeah, it's going to be a unique exhibition because obviously Starland Yard is in like an outdoor space. So it's not your typical, you know, prints framed on a gallery wall. Um, I'm printing the work on this vinyl canvas, so it's going to be a little more weatherproof and the, the prints are going to be mounted to one of the container walls inside of Starland. Um, so the prints, you know, it's a range of sizes, but I'm also um, installing photographs in the three large windows that are on the corner of Whitaker and 40th Street. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of a cool, you know, essentially public art part of the show where this is an installation that you'll see every time you drive down Whitaker Victory. So yeah, the show opens Friday. It's from six to nine. We're about 25 pieces in the show. It's gonna be really fun. Parker Stewart, thank you for being on Art on the Air Field Notes today. Thank you, Rob, appreciate it. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at WRUU.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air.